making his back healthy and he's wearing a jean jacket. This is like uh, Michael Jordan in number 45, making in a jean jacket. That's right. He's back. What does it mean? I have no idea. Welcome to Greenlight, episode 15. Thank you. Good to have you back healthy, Macon. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate that. Feeling good. This should be my highest energy show to date. Like we said, um, uh, mid-November to mid-December was really rough for you. Right. It's a new month. Yeah. I know it doesn't look like that on the calendar. We can manipulate it mentally. It starts... It started this weekend. Deck 14 through Jan 13 is yeah. one of my favorite months out of the year. It's a great month. It's a month where uh, Macon looks rejuvenated, healthy. The bags under his eyes are going away. Oh. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I don't think they ever go away again. Like I've said that on was a lie, show. But I was working my way down to the fact that this is just how I look. Your color is back. Um, you're wearing, usually you do the, the, the flannel thing, but I've never been a big fan of the really lightweight flannel. Like, I don't know, it's not a flannel, lightweight, uh, like an IZOD shirt. Oh. That's like kind of your uni every day? No, it's not. What is it then? Explain it. Um, it's not a flannel, it's a dress shirt with the, with, with, what, what would you call that? A pattern? A pattern, yeah. Okay. Not a fan. Yeah. Like that you, you added the flannel material to your arsenal today. Okay, thanks. Yeah, this is a nice shirt. I like this shirt. Um... I think this is a is an Orvis shirt. Orvis, yeah, I like that. You should go to Orvis a lot more. Thanks. Do you like my jacket? Yeah, it's actually it's it's the jacket you're wearing, but it's not your jacket. Yeah, um, that, I'm wearing that would be my jacket. I'm wearing Chris's jacket. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a little big, but it looked cool on him, and then he flung it off to show one of his graphic tees. Yeah, One more uh, of his graphic tees. Do I have too many graphic tees? All your tees are graphic tees. Well, all your shirts are lightweight, tiny, pattern, IZOD style, buy them at Belk shirts. I don't buy them at Belk. Where do you buy them? Oh, huh. I don't know. Your, uh, your Eljo's? Eljo's, your, yeah. Uh, your Beecroft and Bull? <laughs> your... Shout out to some local businesses. Yeah. We take the time every week to shout out local businesses. We do. We're Actually, like I, 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 this started with a compliment, but as it goes, we don't exactly compliment each other directly. What I meant to say was I like the outfit, man. Thanks. And I took two minutes to rip your everyday uni to shreds. This jacket halfway works sitting down. If I were to stand up, you would see that it's more of a cape on me. Uh, though, yeah. though taller, I do weigh less than you. Yeah, no, nah, yeah. About, uh, well, big mystery uh Macon's weight I think we're gonna delve into that Friday we'll take some uh some guesses we'll we'll put a tweet it we'll fire off a tweet later um and see if anybody's right on maybe the the closest to guessing it correctly gets a shout out at least on the jacket no it does not get the jacket I like the jacket that's my jacket um oh wait wait hold on I'm Chris I'm so woke on societal issues (laughs) I smoke doobies. <laughs> I hate lunch. 
uh, I love Carson Wentz and I hate the Rams, even though they gave me my start. Oh my God. Go I know what he's doing duty. right now. Nice big con attempt because mm. I don't hate the Rams. Um, I'm also not woke at all. Oh, I'm charitable as hell. I am charitable as hell. Give me awards. Send them to me, please. Uh, <laughs> if they involve money for the foundation, I am all about it. On topic, thank you for teeing that up. Mm-hmm. Waterboys has launched a um, hometown H2O program. That is going to finally answer the question for so many of you. What are you doing for America? Well, we're doing a lot for America. Check us out at waterboys.org. We are going to tackle some issues domestically. Uh, Speaking of, um, well, actually having nothing to do with (laughs) waterboys.org. There's water involved. Talking Talking about, we've talked a lot about bathroom hygiene, and we've talked about hygiene lately on this show. Uh, Love hygiene. We talked about the toilet, mostly. Well, Dr. Fax, Nate Collins, for those of you who listen, sent in a uh, Snapchat that he saw from one of his former teammates in Chicago. And I want, want you to check this out and tell me if this is acceptable. For those of you listening, that is a toilet at the Bears facility, which is a great looking toilet. Yeah, a lot uh, of privacy. Nice, nice backsplash. Looks like a private place. There's not like a, this, this stall, the wall goes down to the floor, right. which is nice. Yep. Nothing worse than <coughs> awkwardly sitting next to somebody who's also doing business and seeing their shoes and being afraid they can identify you. In football, if you, if you absolutely blow up the bathroom, in the bathroom at the facility, don't wear your shower shoes in because they all have the numbers on them. Mm. You can't hide. Yeah. That's a nice stall. But for those of you listening and not watching, that stall uh, had a toilet in it which was covered with uh, shower towels. Yeah, that's a bath towel. That's a bath towel that that homeboy put um, instead of toilet paper. I don't think that's acceptable. I've never seen anything more acceptable. Than putting a shower towel as the, uh, as the seat cover? Yeah, that's clean. They have a they have a bath towel down as as a mat for your feet, and they have a can of Lysol spray next door. You got to get the poopery or poopery. <laughs> it's hard because you're mispronouncing the first half. You might as well mispronounce the second. Poopery. Nice. Karch karai. Karch karch curry. Yeah. So you just so so you spray this poopery right in the in the john, and nothing that comes after it smells. Believe me, it actually works. Yeah, I believe you. Yeah, you believe me. But I don't understand how you think that's acceptable because those towels go back in the wash and people have to to dry themselves off with them at a later date. Yeah, you do have to suspend some disbelief when you're using the locker room towels. For those of us not in NFL facilities, we do go to gyms. Yeah. Their towels provided. Yeah. Where do you think those towels are, are going? Well, they're not going on people's toilets while they drop violent dookies with backsplash hitting the i mean part of that towel was hanging over the rim what's going on toilet seats normally nothing cheeks cheeks uh but there is a happy medium if you don't believe in the cheeks on seats 
the toilet paper thing I think is perfectly acceptable, although I don't think it's necessary. I, I, th- I don't think you just fuck everybody else's day up by using the towel that you're going to be drying your face with the next day. Like, Brandon Brooks could have done something in that stall. And if that was an acceptable thing, Brandon Brooks was not only sitting on that, but he was also shitting on that. Yeah. I guess if I'm going to say that Brandon Brooks' cheeks are on the towel. I don't really want to talk about Brandon's cheeks. I'm sorry we did this. In other settings, you're going to say... Shout out to Brandon Brooks, though. Best guard in the league. He's clean after that. He's clean after a shower yeah. when, when towel is to cheek. You would hope. But in if you come instance, right off the practice field, you plop a bath towel down. Okay. That's not acceptable to me. Maybe you're right, and maybe you swayed me. I was just saying in general, yeah. that looks like a nice setup to Nice walk to into. hear I swayed you. It's a nice, it's a luxurious bathroom. Respect the facilities is all I'm saying. Um, another thing I learned recently was that if you have a toothbrush in your bathroom, probably cover it. Don't just throw it in a Dixie cup. Cause you, do you know why? Particles. Particles everywhere. Yeah. As soon as you flush that toilet, yeah. it's like acid rain. Yeah. Some, what you do on Mother Earth, what you do in that in that bowl, what goes around comes around. Some will tell you to shut the lid and then flush. Yeah, I think that's a good way to do it. Just to be safe, though, maybe throw your toothbrush in the thing. That's your hygiene up, update for the week. In your toothbrush travel deal? Yeah, travel deal. Those things can get kind of grody. They can get gross. They can certainly get gross. Then maybe you're throwing them in the dishwasher. What I generally do is get a new toothbrush every week. Yeah. Is that a, is that a normal rate or? No, that's far too frequent. Dennis might agree with you. Yeah. Um, I recently Oral got- Oral B loves it. I got some toothbrushes. Yeah? Uh, yeah, I had to clean a little bit of chocolate and almond butter out of a USB port on a computer. <laughs> And so I just grabbed a few. Oh, uh, that sounds like that had to be difficult. Yeah. Maybe watch where you put your computer down. I have learned that lesson. Um, so that's your hygiene update for the week that took 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on the Rosillo show on Mondays, and we, we, we get this running joke where I make fun of him for doing everything alone. Recently, he was at, um, I got a tip that he was at a Manhattan Beach fireworks show all alone. Uh, <laughs> Turns out he was actually walking back from a basketball court that was closed and he was dejected, saw the fireworks and stopped to take a look. Of course, he was playing basketball alone as well. Um, We talked about it on the pod. The users submitted, not the users, the listeners submitted some some great artwork, some Ryan Rosillo art. Can we throw that up for the people watching? This is a rendering of Ryan... (sighs) Which actually, it's got fireworks to, they're giving him too much hair. I don't know. He doesn't have that much hair. If he were to grow if it out. If he were to grow it out, but why is he, he would doesn't. have coverage there. He's not doing that though. Right. So you've got this guy with the stubble that looks like a cross between Bruce Willis and Olin Krutz who we had on the show, but nothing like Ryan Rosillo. He's got a bag labeled chicken and rice as if that's a restaurant that he got takeout from. And he's got, of course, his Boston Celtics looking shorts, uh, and he's walking through fireworks. There was also some pencil artwork, some sketching, if you will. Hmm. This thing's indescribable. This is the perk 
of watching on YouTube and not listening on the pod. Yeah. YouTube channel, Chalk Media, Greenlight Pod, Fishbowl, all of it is free. It's also fire. On the internet. Yeah, so check that. Uh, shout out to the artists who, who chef that up and sent it to Ryan's DMs. I have a lot of thoughts. I was an avid listener of the Ryan Rossillo show. We started doing this show. I have a bit less time, so thank you for that recap. Fireworks. Evidently, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, please. Evidently, the show sucks with me on it, according to a lot of NBA bros who are, they miss their old Rossillo solo. They have them on Wednesdays and Fridays. Yeah, just enjoy Wednesday and Friday and, and the just NFL shut the season, fuck up. NFL season's almost over, yeah. so we get our we get our. Ryan you can Rosillo talk about basics. Uh, you can talk about you can talk about uh, you know next gen stats and analytics and the Milwaukee Bucks, Phoenix Suns. Well, Bucks are actually good, and Suns are pretty good now too. That's NBA with C Long. Yep, fireworks are the most overrated thing in the world. You just let that lie. At first I was like basketball alone, but then I realized I go get shots up alone all the time. You do? Yeah. I haven't since this torn bicep that you haven't asked me about since I first told you. So I haven't been able to do that in a couple months, a couple few months. Yeah, about that bicep. How's it doing? Not well. You might want to factor that into the weight uh, approximation. It's got to be at least a couple ounces that we're missing from that bicep. Well, I'm not getting the curls in. Yeah, you're not. Dude. Yeah. And we were at like 35 pounds. Um, and that might be all of my thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, me and Rosilla went through things that are acceptable to do alone. I think there's a number of things that are acceptable to do alone. I yeah, love like everything. Like almost everything. Yeah, I mean, like r- literally the, the list of things I'd rather do with other people is way shorter than, than my list of things I'd like to do alone. Heck yeah. Other people raising a family. Right. Being on a team sports team. Can't do it alone. Other than that... I'm, go, a, te- I'm a tennis player. Going to the movies, you hit it off the wall. Right, or I could, I could you know, yeah. have my singular career. Yeah, that's true. But you also need somebody to play against. So you're not really doing it alone. Yeah. I, I would just say like going to, going to a bar, sitting at like a dive bar at the, that's not packed. Sitting at a packed bar alone is awkward. Sitting at a bar that's moderately full or empty is nice alone just talking to the bartender uh taking it all in staring at your phone yeah you know i love to do that um also going to a restaurant alone is not bad movies perfectly acceptable yes and also i would say smoking doobies and listening to otis (laughs) redding now that my football career is over i like the new attitude today he's actually going to add something to some of these segments not just sit there like he's mute thanks um so yeah i I would say i would say going to a concert alone speaking of otis redding still going okay is nice doing podcasts alone is nice Mm. (laughs) coming soon yeah one of these days we just have to find somebody who can, who can do what Macon does, which is going to be hard. Um, you just said doing it alone, bro. That would mean nobody else would be here. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> totally <laughs> fucked that up. I totally fucked that up. Um, we, uh, we were talking about Rosillo's art. I also saw Dalvin Cook hold up a, um, an oxygen mask to his ear this weekend. Any working theories on what's going on here would be great. He has to be joking. 
but it doesn't look like anybody else is in on the joke. He's listening to that oxygen mask like it's a phone. Yeah. And typically, the booth isn't calling down to the running back. No. Yeah. So what's going on there? I don't know. Maybe he was just seeing if he could get air in through his ear. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I checked to make sure he wasn't concussed. I know he had an injury. It was a shoulder. So Mm -hmm. for anybody, we're not being insensitive. I don't think he was, he was, I don't, I think he had all his faculties. Well, in fairness, have you ever put one of those up to your ear? Never. So maybe he was just curious. Never have. Seeing if he could hear the ocean. Never have. This is a complete non sequitur, um, but I want to do a list. Oh. I wanted to, uh, you know, I was looking at the Babe Ruth uh, home run bat that went for a million dollars this week, right? Mm-hmm. Was it a million or was it more? Do you remember? Did you see? No, but what I'll do is... You'll hit the Google machine that's while I'm right. talking about it. So 500 home runs, I guess. It goes for a million. We'll see how I'm doing on that. Um, also, we were talking about last week, you know, how much I want Waylon's Cadillac. Yeah. And that dude up in Canada has it. Yeah, Brad. We, he's not just a dude, you know. No, he's, he's a government dude. Yeah, former. Good, good dude. Yeah. I don't know anything about his politics, so we're not getting political oh, on this right. pod. 1.08 million. Okay. So what reminded me is, is we did the, uh, the Wayland's Cadillac thing. And you were sharp enough to, when Brad Wall uh, was located on Twitter, to at me. And me and Brad Wall had a nice little conversation. He, of course, is a former government dude. What did he do in the, he in was, the parliament uh, up there? Saskatch- Saskatchewan Premier. And a listener made the first link. So shout really? Out. Yeah. Shout out to the listener. Um, so... Wayland's Lack is in Saskatchewan to no avail, um, you know, our, our pleadings to get the Cadillac and uh, possess it here in Virginia. You know, Brad's not parting ways, ways with it. I don't blame him, uh, but we had a good conversation. I was thinking about other memorabilia that I wonder where it is or what it's worth. Since we're starting with cars, not to start on too dark a note, but where's OJ's Bronco? You're a big uh, double murder guy, I know. Oh, God. Um, no, I'm not. I'm really not, but I do love a, a 1995 Bronco. You did have a black Bronco I once still, upon a time. Nice con attempt. I still have it. Um, would you look up where OJ's Bronco is? Sure. That'd be great. Um, Jan- impounded some? You think? I don't know. You don't think anybody has that? They're selling his memorabilia as we speak. You read that article? Yeah. Heisman? Yeah. No, I think a guy told me. Janet Jackson's bra. Yeah, yeah. Might want to lay out of this one from the Super Bowl show, the halftime show. She could probably auction that off for a lot of money. Um, by the way, was that a wardrobe malfunction or was that a stunt? Stunt. Uh, Steve Bartman's headphones? Yeah. Where could those be? Probably in the possession of Steve Bartman. Might have tossed him. You think? It was a bad night for him. It was a really bad night for him. You think he tossed him right when he left the stadium? No. I think after some time, when he realized that his life had changed forever, probably like this is a bad memory. I'm imagining him like just rushing out of the stadium and just throwing him in the bushes somewhere so he's not identified as, as if the cameras aren't going to be able to accurately depict the guy who caught the ball. I think after the World Series title, if he'd have held on to those, those could fetch north of 100K, couldn't they? Yeah. Okay. 
Um, how about the baseball that hit the bird, Randy Johnson's? Hmm. That could fetch forty dollars. You don't think more than that? Well, it's like, hey, this ball here murdered a bird. Yeah, at a hundred miles an hour. Right. Uh, I, I do think that there would be some value there. I think it's north of four hundred dollars or forty dollars. Um, Hol- Holyfield's ear. Mm. What did they do with Holyfield's ear? There have been stories about this. Maybe we should have Googled.com most of these things. Well, no, I we... mean, they, they do, we, I'm laying them up to you. Maybe you know something I don't know. I don't. I think they probably put it on ice in an effort to... Uh, didn't it's they reattach? Like a, they John, did. like a John Bobbitt thing with an ear. <laughs> you remember John Bobbitt? You laugh, you know. What happened to John Bobbitt? Was that his name? I remember Lorena better. John Wayne Bobbitt, I believe, was his... <laughs> what? Is or was his name? So what happened for the listeners out there? Nah, no, I don't quite remember. You go ahead. Lorena Bobbitt took his unit off of his person and tossed it onto a, a, a highway, if I remember correctly, in like a bag. Probably a penis fish is what most people probably thought. <laughs> but evidently they reattached it. They threw it on ice. I wonder what happened to Holyfield's ear. I think they I think they did some reconstructive surgery with the with the piece. Really? Yeah. Uh stick around good for, for him. A yeah. Robust corrections. Bobby segment. Knight's Bobby Knight's chair. Now I'm on board. You're on board now. That's cool. That's cool. I would want to bring folks to the house and say, you won't believe what this is. You think it's cool for the establishment for coaches to to threaten and and hit Unpaid athletes with a chair. Yeah, that chair didn't land on anyone. But it was in the direction of athletes. And for a guy... Fans, I think. I think it was away from the benches, bro. He was on the bench. He could have hit a player. There were players on the court. And he also choked a guy. By the way, I do have a Bobby Knight basketball. Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, We should mention before this gets too far down the road, it was Al Cowling's Bronco. Technically, it wasn't OJ's It was Al's. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it might still be in, in circulation here. So we'll get to that at the end right. of the show. Yeah. yeah, not that I want to put a bid in. I wonder what it is doing. You ever wonder what OJ's Bronco is doing right now? I do. Uh, especially because it was a beautiful Bronco. Al Cowlings. Al, Al Cowlings. Cowlings. Al Cowlings. Yeah, his Bronco. His Bronco. I think it had blue interior, which is... A pimple on uh, on the Madonna, and by that I'm talking artwork. I got you. That uh, a blue interior, a red interior, vintage SUV is just a total waste. Um, also, To's Sharpie was thrown in there. Cowboy Reed threw that one in there. Mm. To's Sharpie, where's that? There's no way it's anywhere. Had to get discarded that day. Agreed. Uh, Joe Horn's cell phone could, you know, Joe, Joe Horn of the, um, the recent scandal, by yep. the way, he was caught up in that. Lawrence Taylor's fire ladder. Talk to me about that. Lawrence Taylor used to, um, sneak out of his hotel and, and the team hotel and, and the dorms as well, uh, to go do whatever Lawrence Taylor did after dark and needed a fire ladder to escape to avoid detection 
from the guy that sits by the elevator um, with the bed checklist. And he had this fire ladder that he would lower down. Um, and I wonder where that is. I think that could fetch a lot of money. How about the Pete Rose betting slip? Or a Pete Rose betting slip? Right. Any interest? No. No interest. Fire ladder, yeah. Okay. How about <laughs> Michael Jordan's <coughs> Barron's jersey? Oh, you mean that <coughs> t-shirt you wear every other day? Yeah, that one. There's nobody near this chair throw of Bobby Knight's. Um, yeah. There's uh, nobody near it. Mm-mm. Not even close. I mean, it, it, gets, it gets close to photographers on the baseline at, toward the end. Wow, so you... So you don't care about the photographers, the, the people that work hard. You should know of all people who does uh, spotting and has been in that business that everybody matters on game day and everybody's got a job to do. I just think it's a little insensitive. Um, how about Barry Bond's pirate hat that won't fit him anymore? <laughs> <laughs> you like that one? Yeah, that's good. There's no way Barry Bonds is fitting into one of the hats from when he was a pirate. Agreed. Sweat stains and all. Did you have any? Yeah. I got a couple from Cinema. Okay. Joe Boo Bobblehead. Love it. Um, Gordy Howe jersey from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, worn by Alan Ruck as Cameron. Wonder where that is. Yeah. I do. Could be somewhere. It's, chances are it is somewhere. And here's Unless what I'm it wondering. Was incinerated. Is there is there somebody, are there multiple people? who have sat on press rows in NBA arenas, who when LBJ does his dust deal, are they like trying to catch particles? Particles of in big games. Put them in a baggie. Of the chalk. And be like, hey, this was LeBron's chalk that he clapped up into the air. I think, kids. Be, I think it would be hard to collect any of it. Agreed. But I it still, would be the I, saddest. I still, ha- it would be very sad. I still have... Um, confetti from the super bowls i made sure to go out there after and get all of it i could yep easier to store than baby powder i have or chalk yeah i have plenty of grass not your kind of grass yeah but scott stadium grass from games in the mid 90s and i i rode on little baggies and it's it's uh not as cool in hindsight when it's like we beat number 21, Georgia Tech. Yeah, I mean, that's a little bit like us rushing the field against Florida State this year. We, we, we just, we could have waited for Virginia Tech. Nah, man, let the people have fun no matter no, what. People, the people should have fun. Um, that's, I think that's all I got. If, just in general, people I would want stuff from. Yeah. Sports. Yeah. Across the spectrum. Mostly not murderers. Right. Also not dudes who choke college athletes. Richard Petty. Richard Petty. Give me some sunglasses or a hat or something. He walked by me one time. Uh, ditto. Yeah. He had, I think, a grandson go to the school I went to in Richmond and came for something. I feel like other. you told me that because I went to a NASCAR race and I walked by Richard Petty, hat and all, aura. Mm. You know, Rick James aura. Yeah. This cat does have an aura. Yep. I mean, he was in the tunnel. And it was like, this was in Martinsville. Lovely race. Yeah. Lovely race. Does a denim, I guess this would play at a NASCAR race. 
denim would be a, a, a black denim jacket would not play i need to be that light blue it needs to be light blue and it can't be like uh, you know one you buy that's that's tarnished already it has to be like authentically tarnished okay and a can canadian tuxedo can go a lot of different ways yeah and i like to dabble there but i think that that would have a hard time going in a nascar race unless you were like marty smith and you were in that section with the trendy NASCAR guys, mm -hmm. um, I don't think in the infield that you're going to see a lot of black denim jackets. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, I want to I want to give you the floor for a minute to talk about uh, your fantasy finish. Yeah, C crash and burn. Um, thank you. Uh, I know there are many fantasy bad beats out there, including ones that involve this play. But uh, I'm a one league fantasy guy. Pulled into two this year because of you. Yeah. And I'm going to get back to one next year. You're going to not be in our league? Or are no, you going to focus? the other way around. Oh. I had a lot of fun. That's great. And leagues are great when you can get everybody in one room, your buddies, local. Uh, it was it was a, a wonderful afternoon at Boylan Heights, a local Shout out to Boylan Heights. Uh, but as it turns out, because Drew Brees had such a great evening <laughs> on Monday night, um, I would have won a league if not for what turned out to be that San Francisco Atlanta lateral at the at the end of the game, which gave the Falcons a whatever ten yeah. point win instead of a yeah, whatever yeah. it was going to be. Because I'll get to it here. Raheem Mostert was the last person to possess the ball right. on those laterals and threw it all the way across the field. That is so fucked up. And instead of the ball just rolling out of bounds or a San Francisco player pouncing that on it, so our guy, Alameda Zacchaeus, scooped, scored, yep. and it's ruled a fumble by Mostert, minus two points. I lose by nine-tenths. And fan that's why fantasy football is the absolute worst, despite how much fun we had with it this year. I had a lot of fun. Which is shocking because you never really went to the website. That was the joke. Oh, got it. <laughs> I did not spend a lot of time on the website, but the draft was fun. Yeah. But fantasy. <laughs> Sorry, I've been dealing with it. Like, I've been dealing with a little bit of what you had the last 88 days. We need to have like a zero day since this studio has been. Has had germs in it. Infected. You know what's great about that fantasy draft, though, is. Every dude in there has an excuse to go drink on a day you're probably not going to get the pass to go drink on. Yeah, I had, The other guys are doing it. It's for a league. Yeah. I had I drank water. Yeah, you drank water. I had a couple beers. Um <clears throat> Speaking of, of Drew Brees and uh and having a great night. Uh Monday night was was interesting. Firstly, though, one of your favorites, Booger, mm. did had a telestrator thing. Yeah. I haven't uh, seen one in a while. Did anybody see this uh, this screen grab of Booger's rendering? <laughs> a, spa I mean, a spaceship? What he's doing here is he's, um, it looks like he's describing a split safety look and the uh, <clears throat> the void in the zone there. Yeah. Uh, and he ends up drawing what looks to be a potato and, and two cherry tomatoes. Yeah. Or a penis. Mm. It would that would be a chode. You ever use that word on a podcast? Never thought I would, but Booger drew a chode on Monday night. 
in the middle of a split safety zone. Shout out to the listeners, the backbone of this pod. We love the YouTube viewers, but those of you listening to this podcast, the way it was intended, the purest form of podcasting, we appreciate you guys. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. Can I talk about Drew Brees now? Yep. You'd be excited for me to get to it. Um, Monday was cool, though. I'm, I, condolences to your fantasy team. Yeah, thanks. But Monday was, 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 was fun. I mean, for a game that was pretty meaningless otherwise to have that kind of atmosphere, I mean, it's a team that's out of it in the Colts, visiting a team that um, you wondered if they were going to have a little bit of a letdown like you know, San Francisco did coming off that slugfest. They did not look fatigued. They did not look like they were let down. Uh, of course, they had a lot to play for, and they had, of course, Drew Brees' uh, records to play for and, uh, and home field advantage to, to be gunning for a big playoff race for them. Drew came into the game needing three passing touchdowns on Monday Night Football to break Peyton's record of 539. Only Sammy Baugh has had the yardage, touchdowns, and completion percentage uh, simultaneously. And you can add completions in total to that list with Drew now. Uh, by the way, he got it pretty easily. And John Kuhn of the uh, Packers fullback fame had this to say. This was was one of the more interesting loaded reactions. Congratulations to Drew, Drew Brees on being the NFL all-time passing TD leader, hardest working player I've ever seen Proof that you do actually get out what you put into things. Wow. Was that a subliminal? Do you take that as a subliminal or just oversight? In reference to former teammates? Yeah. I think it's just a nice compliment. I think it was too. You'd, you'd, you'd have to really dislike the guy you... you you lined up behind for a while to do that intentionally. I think we get into this thing now where really good players get ironically easily offended and slighted. I can't stand it. You know, like, I used to walk around all the time in Philly, and when people would ask me about Aaron Donald, I'd say he's the best defensive player in the game, he's the best defensive tackle in the game. Fletcher Cox never got offended. Yeah. You know, they're 1A and 1B, but, you know, Aaron's been the most dominant. There's nothing wrong with being fucking awesome at something and there be better players than you. And that's what we've gotten into in pro sports is everything is a slight. I I I, I was typing that I thought the other night that um, TJ Watt deserved to be in the conversation for defensive player of the year, although I think it's Gilmore. Um, and I think it's Minka Fitzpatrick before it would be TJ. But I said the caveat is I'm talking about... <laughs> Front seven guys. And I literally had to think about who I might be offending before sending that tweet. Luckily, it was nobody sensitive. Cam Jordan's had a tremendous year. Shaq Barrett's had a tremendous year. But no guys had more of a tremendous year on a unit that seems to be uh, tied into directly the way he's playing and carrying a team the way that, that Pittsburgh has. So I just think we've gotten this. That's my sensitivity rant. It's over. John Kuhn also says, player I've ever seen... Yeah. I think it lands differently if then he had player, said yeah. player I've ever played with. That's why you're here. You know, I would have never picked up on that. But I think at the same time, 
uh, we do have an issue with sensitivity in pro sports now. Some of the best players are the most sensitive. So, um, I want to do a quarterback draft with you. We're going to do it Friday. Which will include Drew Brees, and I hope you can handle. Where are you going to put him? Maybe offending a player or two. Yeah. I, well, I might. I, I'm, it's, more than anything, it's, uh, it's something I don't take lightly, lightly, you know, ranking these quarterbacks. Yeah, it's why I got in the biz to do quarterback rankings. Right. So we'll do it Friday. Uh, but again, he needed three passing touchdowns uh, on Monday to break Peyton's record. He did it with ease. Goes twenty nine of thirty. Uh, if you're on the other end of that, and I've been on one or two of those games, nothing like that, obviously, because it turned out to be a record. That's a single uh, game record for completion percentage. I think it was ninety six percent. You're like, what do I do? I mean, as a rusher. The ball's gone. He's carving you up. They're playing that song. Here we come to get crunk. You know that song? They play it every time they score a touchdown. Oh, when the Saints. Yeah, no, they they play. They, they're more into. Uh, they do the marching in. They do the uh, the Little John thing. Or no, that's not Little John. That's a uh, that's Yin Yang Twins. I'm not going to make that mistake twice uh, in a year. But. Yeah, they, they play that, you know, Drew's setting records. You're like, there's nothing I can do to, de- to defend this guy. And um, the Colts look hapless. Michael Thomas, of course, had 11 catches. Well, he's got 11 catches to go uh, before he passes that Marvin Harrison single-season record for receptions. That would be great. Um, I think he's going to do it maybe this Sunday, the way it's going. I think he deserves it. He's one of the hardest-working guys. He's a big receiver. Um, it's fun to watch him play and use that big body and length. Uh, you know, Drew just, you go into the season and you're like, who is Drew throwing to other than Michael Thomas and Kamara underneath? Well, he hit nine different guys for 307 yards last night. He has been that distributor his entire career. He's more Peyton than, Drew, than, uh, than Brady. You know, he does have some limitations in arm strength and whatnot, but he always knows where to go with the football. And there's nobody that works harder. I mean, to John Kuhn's point, Reggie Bush, a former teammate of Drew's, and by the way, they had all the Saints back last night. As you see that from the Super Bowl mm-hmm. run, everybody looked really young. They're living right. Um, they haven't even Pierre Thomas. I thought he was like a college kid. Um, but Reggie Bush was taping Drew Brees in the indoor on a Saturday, going through his past, uh, you know, past sets. I guess you would call it for a quarterback, um, you know, his dropbacks, like different, you know, three steps, seven step, whatever, his footwork in the pocket. And there's nobody in the, in the indoor. And a lot of times guys that do extra work after, and I'm doing with the quotes for those of you listening, are actually just, they're, they're, they're doing something with it. They're angling for somebody to see them. When I hear about Drew Brees, the first thing I hear about is his obsession with football and his work ethic and his perfectionism. Um, I believe it. I believe that, and Reggie is in there narrating this. He's just marveling from a corner of of, uh, of the indoor. I've never seen anything like that. A guy after walkthrough an hour and a half later on a Saturday, let alone a Hall of Famer. He wanted this record bad, but that's probably just a glimpse into his weekly routine. Um, so, you know, we've got two records, his record in play, and you've also got the Mike Thomas record, but... Uh, and by the way, Booger last night said that Mike Thomas needs to change his Twitter handle too, and I wrote this down. 
best hands in the game. <laughs> so I think I think uh, Mike Thomas might watch the TV copy and then change can't guard Mike to best hands in the game. Booger also told me when we had a field level angle that this is neat because it's a field level angle and different than than what we normally see. I can't. I don't. I don't hate Booger at all. It's a tough job. Again, the biggest Trojan horse in sports is being the color analyst uh, who's just fucking holding on for dear life, knowing you're getting ripped uh, on Twitter.com and across America. I also think that Twitter is just a cesspool for criticism, and most people in their living rooms, I wonder if they actually hate Booger without logging on. Hmm. That's, an, you know, how much bias do you have when you open your timeline and read the room? There's been some times where I've liked things that Booger said. We're not going to go too far down the Booger road. But again, last night, I was marveling at this guy. He's 81% completion going into last night against zone, uh, zone coverage. Teams keep doing it, and part of it is you don't want you don't want um, to have to double Mike, you know, Mike or best hands in the game, best hands in the game, can't guard Mike. You don't want to double him. You don't want him running free, but it certainly looks like he's throwing to just wide open guys on the regular when he sees zone. He always knows where to go. As soon as they threw that graphic up, he hit somebody for a twenty yard twenty yard touchdown. I think that's what Booger was describing with his rendition of. Uh, the dudes from super bad drawing dicks. Um, he still moves great. I mean, did you see that, that pressure they brought with 31 on the edge? And this really jumps out at me because when you're a, um, an unblocked player and you are a blitzer or an edge rusher on the ball side of a quarterback, one of the hardest things to do, they always say, upfield shoulder, upfield shoulder. That's the hardest thing to do because you are running full speed at a target that's looking this way but can definitely see you. The good ones can and can evade you because if you go too high on that shoulder, he's just going to duck underneath. Russell Wilson does a great job of that. He also does a great job of spinning out of the back of the pocket if you're too, if you're too tight on him. And Breeze, at 41 years old, is still moving really well in the pocket. Him and Brady have redefined what it means to be mobile as quarterbacks. And uh, I've just never – it never ceases to amaze me how a guy that old, and, and part of it might be that he's just been short. He's been on his toes for 20 years throwing a football. His vision has to be crazy. You, he looks downfield, and he's making throws, evading the rush. Good quarterbacks don't have to look at the rush. It's incredible. He's listed at six feet. He's always looking up and over his line. He's on his toes when he releases the ball. It's unbelievable. And and then again, on that touchdown on the OPI, sorry. Um, what a... Yeah. I would have won it. Yeah, the touchdown in the OPI, um, which would have, I think, tied the record, and everybody, it was a phantom call. I think that would have said it. He used his, uh, would have said it. He used his feet really well on that one, too. Um, the question is, are they are they going to do a graphic every time Tom passes him and he passes? Right. I don't think we have to worry about that. No offense to Tom, but the way things are going up in New England, Drew looks like he can play another four years in this system. He's got a Mike Tom. He's got Alvin Kamara. He's got, you know, the play calling that he has. I mean, so, right. I don't. I don't think we're gonna have an. I don't. Do you think Brady passes him again? No, I don't think so either. I mean, we're talking about passing touchdowns, and Tom throws it to Jules or James White. Yeah, both are great, but they're not that. It's not Mike Thomas and Kamara. They're not that red zone threat like Thomas is. Exactly. So. um 
I don't think we're gonna have to worry about the graphic, but what a long, strange run it's been for Drew Brees. You think about Drew Brees, and before looking back at this, you're like, this this guy who's just had it good his entire career. He's been great the entire time. His team's been great. The Saints, since Hurricane Katrina, have been dominant, right? Since they were, you know, since that magical game, I think it was on Monday night or Sunday night or what, they haven't looked back. Well, it's been a long run, and people forget about the Chargers. I'm, I'm certain that a lot of young people watching that game don't remember the team he was on first in, in, in San Diego. Not just that, but the 2011 draft class. Vic, Breeze, Quincy Carter, Tuiasa Sopo, Winky, Rosenfels, Palmer, McMahon, Feely, Booty, and Heupel. McMahon? Yeah, that was on the list. Huh. I, don't, I don't know who that is. Uh, okay. Do you have uh, a guess? How many of these guys can you get their, their colleges correct? That's what, actually what I was doing You're in my head. You're going to do it to me? I think I can okay. do it. Okay, Vic? Tech. Breeze? Purdue. Quincy Carter? Georgia. Tui Asasopo? Washington. Winky? Florida State. Rosenfels? Iowa State. Good job. Jesse Palmer? Florida. McMahon? Who is McMahon? I don't know. I don't even know who he is. The, the tweet came from actually, uh, ironically, uh, Sage Rosenfels, who's a great Twitter follow and a really good dude who was being, he said, you know, quarterbacks are a lot like a box of chocolates. Look at this draft class. You know, we, you don't know what's going to be what. So, Is there anybody else on the list? Uh, Feely. Oh. I don't know where he went to Oregon. school. Okay. Uh, Booty. LSU. Yeah. And Heupel. Oklahoma. I'll say McMahon went to A&M, and I don't know who I'm McMahon I'm going to say BYU. Is. Okay, I'll Maybe look he's it up. related to Jim McMahon. Uh, but Breeze is part of that class that was largely pretty poor. You know, passed up on early, obviously, because Mike Vick was the thing, and Drew was six foot. Um, and, of course, Vick reinvented the way the positions played. So, although you could say you'd rather have Breeze than Vick, Vick has done a lot historically for the league. Um, Breeze is blown off by San Diego largely. He was an afterthought. I mean, they drafted him. He stepped in for Flutie when Flutie was injured, and then Flutie took his job again. Mm. Imagine Drew Drew Breeze, the guy who just broke all those records, at one point getting benched for Doug Flutie. And then Philip Rivers, who has been a Hall of Famer in his own right, is the guy, and they 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 let him walk. That he goes to free agency. Um, here's the most interesting part: Miami o- almost picks him up. Nick Saban led Miami Dolphins. Uh, he fails a physical there. Physicals in the NFL, you can kind of, if you want to fail it, you can fail it. If you want to pass it, you can pass it. So I don't know if there was like a motivation with Saban. Just fail him. We don't want him. Uh, or if it was. They they wanted him, but they weren't confident in the shoulder. But they ended up with I think it was Culpepper, um, and you know it's funny to me to think Saban and and Bill are so tight. What if they had this master plan all along to protect Brady and the Pats, not having another Hall of Famer in division? There's no fucking way that's true, but it'd be fun to think about. Um, you know, I don't know what that division looks like if it's Brady and Breeze. One of the biggest things for the Pats has been their, their, the security within that division. And so it's interesting, you talk about a butterfly effect, uh, Ashton Kutcher style, what could happen? What, how would it look differently? 
Um, but it, but his career, it's it's not just the fact that he was in, in in San Diego and you know gets passed up and ends up in in New Orleans. It's the fact that he's been seven and nine five times in a run since two thousand six hmm. in uh, in New Orleans. Um, the playoffs were less automatic than I realized, and that plays into like I always thought there was this blue blood team the last 10 15 years they haven't been um even with him putting up outer space numbers i think a lot of it and the irony here is after last night he said i wouldn't be here without sean payton well that's true but i'm not sure you wouldn't be even better if sean relinquished some of that institutional control i don't know who was picking all those coordinators on defense but they were bad for a long stretch and it's not just Breeze that that didn't make the playoffs. I mean, Rivers hasn't made it seven times. Brady, uh, amazingly, and Manning one and two times, respectively, that they weren't in the playoffs, which has to do with with Tom, not just his greatness, but that division. With Manning, I think it's just remarkable as as well. Um, Eli, ten times. Breeze, six times with the Saints and three with the Chargers, but you can't really count the Chargers. I won't. Rodgers, three times, and, and both of the last two years. Roethlisberger five times. So that's an interesting way to look at quarterbacks is how, how often can they will their, their teams with regularity over a decade-plus span into the playoffs. Um, that puts Drew Brees right in the middle of that, that, that crop of quarterbacks who are kind of going away right now. Right in the middle. Um, and I think some people would, most people would say Brady or Manning or the Goats, and then after that you have maybe Brees and some other players. But um, – the irony there is if he if he didn't have Peyton, sure he wouldn't be the same, but if Peyton wasn't controlling the defense and the decision-making as far as who he's hiring to control the defense, I think they'd be a lot better off. Saints defenses over his span in, in New Orleans, and I mean Breeze, uh, 27th in yards, if you netted all that, and 25th in points per game since 2006. In four out of the five of the seven win seasons, they've been 30th or worse in yards per game. So like, even the Super Bowl year, they were bottom 10 in defense. 2007 is the only outlier uh, at 7-9. and nine. They weren't in the 30s, and there's only three teams in the 30s uh, defensively. So all uh, things considered, I mean, it's been... It's, been, yeah. it's wild. That's wild. It is wild. Uh, with, so, the, with the 18th pick in the fifth round, 149 overall, the Detroit Lions selected Mike McMahon Quarterback out of Rutgers. Rutgers, fuck. They had a they have a Mormon contingency at Rutgers. Right. Eight, uh, eight picks after Billy Baber, tight end Virginia. Wow. Yeah, I was just talking about Billy Baber on Sunday, actually, coincidentally. Nice. Uh Billy Baber, pride of Western Albemarle High School. That's right. Was he bigger than 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 the tight ends of, of my generation at UVA? Bigger than Tom Sandy? Bigger how? Bigger in stature. Same size? Comparable? Literal size? Yeah. Baber, 6'4", 260. I think he was just a touch bigger. He wasn't as big as I remember because those guys in that era, they were all uh, like giants to me no matter who they were because I was a kid. Um, so that, there's a Billy Baber tangent. Uh, so I have to wonder, and I don't know, I'm no psychologist, or, you know, but I'm looking at, at Breeze and he's this guy who, who's always taking the high road, never complaining, never talks shit about anybody. But I know internally as a competitor, somebody that driven can't possibly think that Tom Brady is better than them. Even though I'm not saying he's better, I'm not making it, I think Brady's the GOAT because of the throws he can make and the championships and all that. 
But you've got to wonder if he's looking at Brady up north and he's like, well, this guy's always had continuity, defenses for the most part, um, you know, stable coaching staff, more stable at least uh, defensively than than what he's had in New Orleans. Um, you wonder if looking at looking at Sean Payton as good as he's been as an offensive play caller. Well, everything that everything that Bill does is as good as Sean Payton does as an offensive play caller. Like so, exhaustively, the way they do that program is to that standard that that Sean does offense. And I think I wonder sometimes if Drew's like, "Damn, dude, I'm the goat, bro. I got all these records." I don't know if there's a comp in another sport where a guy, you know, somebody that scored more than Jordan but didn't have the championships. I don't think there is because I think when you look at NBA scoring, it goes Kareem. Carl Malone actually score more. Maybe Carl Malone would be one, but there's no real comp in another sport because these are quarterbacks and there's a big rift in how we evaluate quarterbacks. Some people are like QB wins only. Some people are just, you know, into the stats. Well, and as you've said, Drew mm-hmm. and the Saints have had to deal with runs by the Falcons, Panthers, and Bucks, and then NFC South throughout exactly. his career. Exactly. There. It's amazing how many times they not only didn't make the playoffs, didn't win the division, but also went seven and nine. Yeah. Um, you know, if you go through his career, it's been funny. You know, there's 7-9 in 2007. 2008, they make the playoffs, but he has a, a historic year. 2009, that's Super Bowl year. Um, what if it's not for that onside kick? Mm-hmm. I mean, holy shit. If we're sitting here and Drew Brees doesn't have a championship yet, oh, I'm rooting for him anyways. 2010, 41-36, they, they lost in the Beast Quake game. That was the game that, uh, sorry about that, Drew. We, uh, yeah, we gave you Seattle that week. You could have been playing us. You would have carved us up like a Thanksgiving turkey. But instead, you got Marshawn Lynch running over your whole defense at, uh, what is it? Quest? What do, what do we call that up there? Seattle? CenturyLink? CenturyLink. Never mind. 2000, 2011, they lost uh, in the division divisional playoffs to the Niners. I barely remember that game. 12, they go 7-9. 13, they, they lose to the Super Bowl champion. Seahawks in the divisional round. 14's a, a bad year, 15, 16, 7 and 9. Here's the craziest thing about the Saints that'll really blow you away. The last three years, including this year, are by far their most consistent and best years. There has not been a more consistent run by them. And a lot of it has to do with the defense getting under control and being able to play complimentary football and not having to win every game 41-36. But in 17, you got the Minnesota Miracle. 18, you have the Rams robbery. The scariest thing for this league, as as old as he is, is that he looks pretty damn good. Him and Sean look like they're still clicking. You've got a number one wide out. You've got Kamara. And this is the best three-year stretch as a team they've had. I don't know how much longer he can do this. I know last year, at the end of the year, they were wondering what was wrong with his arm. You know, four four out of the last five games uh, last year, you look at his yardage total passing, it was 200 yards a game. And that's a, it's an alarm for him. It's funny, you wonder if this thumb thing gave him the juice he needed from an arm standpoint late in the season. People wondered that coming out. But if they win a Super Bowl this year, they'll have overcome what they did in, in, in 17 with Minnesota. They'll have overcome last year's call. They'll have overcome a thumb surgery being lights out with the backup. 
And it will be one of the most impressive runs I've ever seen by a team because it takes so much to get back off the mat after you lose a Super Bowl or if you, after you lose a big, a, a big game. And the NFC Championship was as bad a loss as I've seen deep in the playoffs uh, in recent history. And for a guy who's waiting a decade, the Minnesota Miracle doesn't feel great either. I'm sure that Drew, part of him as a younger player, the last 10 years, he said, I'd really love to have my defining moment where I can really soak it in more. And I think it would be a beautiful, beautiful thing for that city, for him, for that group, if they can finish on top. Of all the teams I'm kind of pulling for in the playoffs, they're one of them. What's his career-long throw, you think? After catch? Yeah, total. 83 yards to... No, I'll go, I'll go Reggie Bush, 76 yards. 98 yards to Brandon Cooks in 2016. Wow. Versus whom? Longest in Saints history. You don't know. Well, versus whom is, is, is an easy question to answer. Yeah. Oakland Raiders. Don't remember it. Uh, Marcus Colson was in the house last night. Marcus Colson caught a lot of touchdown passes from him. I saw um, a stat today, and I could have misread it, that he caught 72. Mm. That's a lot. Or no, it was maybe 72 players, and he, he, had, he had the most touchdown. Clear that up for me, will you? I'll do my best. Another thing is... Uh, 72 tuds. 72 tuds. Pretty impressive. I wanted to do a segment that would be more fun. Uh, brands and football players. I think some of these ideas are terrific that we came up with. Or they don't have to be football players. They can be any, any athlete. What our job is to do is, is to figure out which athlete would be the best marriage for a brand or, or a product. Like, for instance, I think um, Philip Rivers, he should have got a Disney World commercial yesterday. The commercial would be simple. You load up his entire family on a, on a roller coaster and everybody's pissed off. They're like, when do we get to use the roller coaster? That's the good. joke, of course, is, is he has a lot of children. But I think that would be a slam dunk from a marketing perspective. Did you have any? Yeah, I have a bunch. You have a bunch? Yeah. You want to go one and one? Okay. Um, Southwest Airlines want to get away? Odell Beckham. Yes! He just always wants out. He does want out. Okay. Mine are going to be quick. Okay. Um, Let's do a new Apple commercial about parental control settings for your kids' devices, Antonio Brown. Mm. Just shut that shit. Antonio Brown, AB's using uh, Twitter. New setting. Probably not a new setting at all. My kid is three. My other kid is one. They don't need cell phones yet, so I'll cross that bridge when it comes to it. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Nike. They say, just do it. I got Jameis Winston. I feel like in his head, he's, yeah, just, he's, like, he's just, just do it, he's man. He's just doing it. Just His brain is like, should I throw this? Throw it. Just do it, man. Just do it. Yeah. That's a great one. Thank you. Um, I think George Kittle would be a great Harley Davidson pitch, man. Yeah, I think that's perfect. Okay. That's spot on. Um, I got a lot. Chris here. Yeah, just fire him. Rolays. How do you spell relief? That's Sean Doolittle. Oh, I like that. John Doolittle, friend of the oh, program. 
Okay, I like this one. World Series champ. Verizon. Can you hear me oh, now? Oh, I'm doing Verizon. Okay, who's okay. yours? Go ahead. Mine has to do with the tagline, can you hear me now? And it's and it's Dak Prescott from uh, We Want to Kick, We Want to Kick, We Defer, That's We Want to Kick. That's amazing. It, it would have Some to be very People are going to make money off this shit. Well, better get it into production now because people are going to forget about that coin toss pretty quickly. No, I, I, I guess. All I'm saying is... So people are going to get rich off this and we don't get a cut. And there are all ideas. of this is, is, is intellectual. This is all intellectual IP. property that we've trademarked. Your college coach did elect to kick off twice on a couple of occasions, I believe. Outgrow. Yes. Our defense was that good. And uh, so I, I get when the official. And uh, so you, you got you to gotta make clear that you're Bill deferring. Belichick, eBay. Okay. Hear me out. Not just the repurposed goods, a la players that he brings out the best in. Also, he might, uh, he might buy and sell electronics. Mm. Yeah. While wearing a hoodie. You got it. With food on it. Uh, Sprite, obey your thirst. I googled thirstiest athlete. <laughs> Joel, Joel Embiid. <laughs> Joel is not the thirstiest athlete. There, oh, there he is. Can't offend. Airbnb? No, it's not true. There's just Simply more thirsty athletes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Airbnb belong anywhere. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, I was going to say Michael Bennett for Airbnb because he's been on a bunch of teams lately. He just, I was going to say maybe Zillow. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's good. Michael Bennett has a beautiful family. He's, he's hilarious. I think he'd be great in a Zillow commercial. Like, need a pass rusher? I like it. Yeah. KFC. Finger licking good. Jameis Winston, slam dunk. He eats W's. Yes, he does eat our, W's. I like that one a lot. Sorry, I was looking fingers. for my next one. I missed okay. a, a jewel there. All right, so how yeah, about... Maybe a big laugh we can put in. <laughs> no, big laugh. Okay. Lego. <laughs> <laughs> how about Legos? Okay. Ben Roethlisberger. Hmm. Just somebody just putting them back together. Trying to figure out how to put them back together. Just yeah. kids like, how do we put Big Ben back together? Oh, here's his walking boot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is this place yo, I, th- This is hilarious. Okay, so Doctor Fax is taking a nap on the ca- a couch on the couch in there. Doctor Fax, why don't you come out here? He doesn't have a mic, so Doctor Fax is using my office to take a nap right now. Friend of the program, Nate Collins. Um, Bass Pro Shops, Duck Hodges. Oh, that's great. His name is Duck Hodges. I love that. Yeah, that that works. Doctor Fax. What up, Fax? What's up, man? What's that for? Lions. What? Oh yeah, when yeah. (laughs) Look at this. Yeah, so last week, last week he he thought the Lions were going to beat the Vikings. I appreciate that. It's unclear to me whether Nate knows that. We're doing a pod right now or not. <laughs> well, he's going to be sitting. He's just sitting in the back. He doesn't have a microphone, so anything he says, I'm going to have to repeat. That's a sick tracksuit deal. You like it? Yeah. I just got it. Yeah, he just got his tracksuit. One good thing happened that one, one good thing that happened on my birthday. Yes. All- happy, happy birthday to Nate Collins, who, by the way, is doing the, the I had a birthday thing on the pod. <laughs> Allstate, you're in good hands with Allstate. Yeah. So I went a different way here. Force fumbles. Yeah. You know, a guy who forces a bunch of fumbles is going to be the spokesperson. Yeah. 
Guess who the all-time leader in forced fumbles is? They started keeping that in about 93, so it's recent recent folks. John Abraham. Robert Mathis. Robert Mathis, yes. But yeah. my spokesperson is the number two guy, Julius Peppers. Yeah. With 52. Uh, T. Sizzle is 11th. Yeah. And active, Chiefs, with yeah. 37. How many forced fumbles do you have in your career? Me? Yep. Man, like 17, 16. You're tied for 134 with 15. 15. I was right on. You're ahead of. Is Peanut Tillman on that? Well, I'm surely he is, but I only took notes on a few. Uh, you're ahead of Philip Daniels. Okay, that's good. He was my D-line coach. You're, that's why I mentioned it. Um, you know, yeah. brain's always working. Yeah. You're ahead of uh, Rob Ninkovich. Nice, good, my friend. Marcellus Wiley. TV Hugh, guy. Hugh Douglas. Good player. Troy Palomalu. Great player. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. My man freaking Alameda Zacchaeus, which cost me the well, I fantasy you were game. Do Greg Williams, and I was like, "Yeah, you know what? That's good. Yeah, that's uh, um." So Nate's suggestion, evidently, he's been listening to the pod and not sleeping. Uh, he yelled, "Mr. Potato Head would be perfect for Ben Roethlisberger because you have to put them back together." Mm. That's yeah, good. or Operation. You remember that game when we were kids? Yeah, the fucking young millennials won't remember that. How about Walmart? You just get the entire Cincinnati um, front office in there because they don't pay. Uh. The opposite would be a Visa commercial with Jerry Jones. Just buying everything. Whatever you like. Uh, Mike Thomas, 7-Eleven, always open. Nice. Verizon Wireless, hear me out here. Carson Wentz. He's dealing with a bunch of dropped calls. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> drop balls. I thought you said drop balls. No, I said drop calls. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I'm sure he would sign up for that in a heartbeat to he throw probably, his teammates under the bus. He probably won't do that though. Um oh. I just feel like Ryan Tannehill is a Rochester big and tall looking ass dude. In like a, a little quarter zip polo sweater, smiling with a cup of coffee. And like a younger woman. Mm. You you know those ads. I'm actually not terribly familiar. Oh, you don't do Rochester Big at all. That wasn't a joke about big people and small people. Yeah. Because you don't you don't need big sizes. No. I need tall sizes. You get to, get on down to Rochester Big and Tall. And then maybe my favorite one, Jason Garrett for the uh, clap on, clap off lights. Very nice. You remember those, Nate? Dr. Fax? <laughs> yeah, they, they, that was the commercial. Did you have any more? Skittles, taste the rainbow. Not beast mode. Uh, Jameis, again, because he tasted his, his, his fingers. <laughs> just anything where somebody's eating, you just put Jameis in there. Yep. Or anything to do with crabs. Or anything to do with crabs. That's right. Uh, and that could go a lot of different ways. Um, I don't see a lot of crab commercials on TV. Crabs are something that you don't market for whatever reason. I don't think you need to what like crabs. It's interesting. You don't market crabs. Or old, old, old Bay, Old Spice, Old Bay. No, Old Bay. But have you ever seen an Old Bay commercial? I haven't. Because people that like crabs are going to eat crabs regardless. They're not going to watch it. It's also very regional, right? But Maryland is close to us. Maryland is close to us. Um, 
Let's do uh, the quick hitters real quick. I better be fast. We're going to do a minute again? Yep. Only You'll only see quick hits here on this pod. T-Sizzle and the Jackrabbit. Who helps more? I think Terrell Suggs uh, is, is... It sounds like he's not the same rusher he was even in recent years. I think he's... The word is he's a little heavier. Um, so he sounds like a more of a first and second down guy. Curious to me the Kansas City signing. I thought initially they might be shielding him from Baltimore, but they're ahead in the waiver order anyways. Um, the only teams that put in a claim were New Orleans, San Francisco, Seattle, and Kansas City. I mean, Baltimore was nowhere to be found. But and, didn't need to because Baltimore's at the end. Yeah, Baltimore's at the end. Yeah. So that so you wonder if they would have taken a, a stab at him or just assume that he probably... It would cost more if you put in the waiver, so just let him go and sign him. I don't think him. they wanted him back is what I'm saying. Okay. Um, and I, I think Jenkins can come in and help right away. I think he's been better than people remember his worst moments. When you're on the Giants this year and you're on a bad team, people forget the good moments and remember the bad moments. Mike Evans' game, the business decision against Jarwin. Some notable scrap signings late in the year. James Harrison, New England Super Bowl run in 17 that they lost to us. Jay Ajay, C.J. Anderson last year. He went for 123. Oh, oh. oh. and then 2014, LeGarrette Blunt. November twentieth. You were a GM. Would you cut somebody for using a tweet? Quick hitters. Quick if hitters I was night. a G, if I was a GM, would I cut somebody over a tweet? Depending on the tweet, yes. Rams lose to the Cowboys, forty four twenty one. How do you fix the Rams? Well, it's 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 a longer term project for them. I, I worry. I'm not saying they will. I worry that they're going to keep bumping their head on um, Jared Goff's ceiling. I I think that what's been proven out over time is that McVeigh has done a wonderful job because everything, all his success is predicated on open receivers. And I think what they have to do in the future is decide on whether or not you're going to stick to the long breaking, you know, deep over type routes, the play action pass stuff where you, 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 you sit and you need protection, which means they need to build their own lineup or they get more guys and get open on quick passes and intermediate stuff. They're going to have to address the offensive line problem, you know, free agency, uh, but at the end of the day, if you're going to do the longer developing routes, you have to have golf not throwing into tight windows. That's what it's all about. Um, his first 14 weeks, he threw into tight windows 11% of the time. That's first in the league. So McVay was doing the best he could. He's not throwing in tight coverage a lot. On Sunday, he threw into, into tight coverage on 20% Boop. of his throws. Boop. So Boop. we'll see what happens. Boop. The biggest defensive concern for the Pats. Hut, hut! Oh, nice. Uh, outside runs. Uh, Sunday, we saw a little bit of it. 5.1 yards per carry uh, on Sunday for the Bengals. And uh, five runs of 10 yards or more. The Bengals went 15 for 88 yards on uh, outside runs. A lot of toss plays. A lot of missed tackles for the Patriots. It was very un, un- New England-like. But that's 5.9 per on outside runs. So since week eight, some interesting numbers. Home, The home game against Cleveland, everybody remembers that. It sounds like a decade ago. They were averaging 5.4 yards allowed on outside runs. That's eighth most in the league. That's the Pats' bottom third in that stat. They're they're 12th on inside runs since that point, and also since week eight, 78 rushes, 78 rushing yards per game in the first half. That's where you can not factor in having a lead or anything like that. 78 yards per game given up in the first the first half rushing. That's the most in the NFL. 5.1 yards per carry. That's the most in the first half. All uh, since that point as well. So there's been a problem since week eight for them, and outside run is where it starts. Talk to me about Carson Wentz and Greg Ward. Hut, hut! Uh, it's a classic connection. Carson Wentz to Greg, Greg Ward, iconic. 
Uh, I, I, I don't think, I, I think it's safe to say, and we look back at this, that over the last decade, there's never been a more inexperienced crop of receivers taking the field this late in the year. Uh, he came into this, 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 uh, this game with an unprecedented, unprecedentedly inexperienced group of receivers, Greg Ward being probably the one with the most upside. He caught the game winner. He's also the only receiver to catch a ball from Carson Wentz on Sunday. And that's the thing. I don't know how unprecedented that is, but it's probably pretty damn unprecedented or relatively rare. Carson's had a bad year, according to some. 3,500 yards, 25 touchdowns, seven interceptions. He hasn't been a top 10 guy, but let's just, can we can we settle at least now on the fact that the Eagles have a lot of problems and one is not Carson Wentz. Why don't you ask one of the best players on the team, Brandon Brooks. He had a nice little clip. I'm experimenting with Sounders. Wow. Jarvis Landry. Hut, hut. Yeah, he, he was screaming, come get me at the... Um, at the uh, Cardinals sideline. What's funny to me is not just that he was screaming, come get me. He was screaming, come get me at, uh, at a, another sub-500 team. Desert weather, though, a lot better than Cleveland, and they seem to be less dysfunctional, but it doesn't seem like Odell or Jarvis are being discriminate about who they're telling to come get them. It's like spam now. It's like, fuck it, whoever's inbox this ends up in, whatever, I'll go anywhere. And uh, and that's and that's that's funny. Urban Meyer, hut hut. Yeah, so you don't have to be in the owner's box to support your former players. Um, this was a leverage move, him being at, at at the game in Washington. And I wonder if poor Dwayne Haskins, uh, and Mc, well McLaurin, uh, as well. Did I say that correctly? Correct. Really thought he was there just to see them, because I think he was there to leverage his appearance uh, against the Cowboys. I think the only job that intrigues him enough to come out of uh, retirement, so to speak. It's a lot like the Jimmy uh, Johnson thing with Fox in the early 90s. When they brought him on as a broadcaster, they knew it was temporary. I think Fox knows the same thing now. And I think, uh, I don't think he's a house cat. I don't think he ends up in Washington. I think the the only job that would intrigue him would be in Dallas. Urban Meyer's middle name is Frank. Interesting. Which I didn't know. Interesting middle name. Josh Gordon. Hut hut. So here's the big misconception, and we talked about it with uh, with Cliff, but you know, players are not, you know, guys who are in the program are failing for other stuff as well. It's not just Bud over and over again. This guy's not just smoking and failing over and over again. There's a lot more at play than just weed here. I know that for a fact. And I'm not going to air his laundry out there, but this guy's had a long history of addiction. Um, and I think one of the biggest issues we have is changing the standard for like what's doing well. Signing with an NFL team does not mean you're doing well. Playing on the field does not mean you're doing well. And fans and coaches and you know everybody that's watching a Josh Gordon thing unfold, stop saying when he signs somewhere that you're so fucking happy for him because he looks like he's in a good place. You can play football and your life can be in shambles. And it's obvious that this kid's life has been in shambles for some time. And if another team signs, signs him, you're, you're basically saying, I don't give a shit about the person. The person needs to get better, not the football player. they have player. to sign him with the, with the understanding that they have to immediately like, put them in some But they can't program. sign. Yeah, well, they, like, they can't play him, though. Yeah, so Nate says yeah. they have to sign him with the immediate 
you know, intention, intention of, of putting him in a program. Fundamentally, if you're going to put somebody in a program so that he can become a football player, you're not getting it done. The National Football League Players Association. Hut, hut. Boy, you hate to see it. The, uh, the NFLPA, that was, of course, sarcasm, sticking one to the NFL. And the uh, ironically, this week I had a Michael Strahan interview and we 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 talked about how he changed the old Coughlin famously in New York to make him the new Coughlin. Well, evidently, old Coughlin is back trying to sign or find guys like Fowler seven hundred k for not coming to uh, optional treatments uh, because players don't have to come in for treatment. So there's a couple levels here. One is it's a big win for players. Anytime you uh, you know a, an organization gets smacked in the hand um, for uh, for getting greedy in the offseason, it's great because they do with practice time, with time in the building, with doctors. The Trent Williams thing comes into play, second opinions. That's why players get second opinions. Um, the Trent Williams thing, if you don't have your choice in doctors, it's a big deal. You see that you can't trust some of these NFL doctors. So it's a big victory for the players, and I'm happy. Uh, you saw the the, the Jalen Ramsey tweet. Mm, nice. Guys, you're happy for. Hut hut. Uh, off the top of my head, uh, you know, I want to do this longer segment on Friday, but gosh, do you have any? Yeah. Who? Mark Ingram. Yeah, Mark, Mark Ingram's my and Joe Staley. Yeah. That's very good. We had the same one. Yeah. Mark Ingram because uh, a lot of people wondered why he would ever leave somewhere like New Orleans, and I've always really respected him. So for him to go to Baltimore and not just be a part of this ride, to be very very central to their success. Mark Ingram is on the short list, as is Joe Staley. Can you imagine working your ass off your whole career on shitty teams, up and down, then getting to the Super Bowl, losing it, thinking we're fried, staying in it another three, four years, one in 15, two in 14, as bad as they've been, coaching changes, and now he's back. Throw into the mix the fact they broke his leg this year. I mean, he's got a direct line at being in Miami again, uh, and it probably feels like a lifetime ago that he had his first shot. You want to talk about Spygate? I do. I w- yeah, I wonder why Spygate 2, obviously, um, do your job gate is what we'll call it because uh, the, the Patriots are alleging that the guy on the Jay Glazer video was just filming um, their advanced scout who was in Cincinnati in preparation for the Bengals game. Unless you're living up under a rock, you know what the fuck happened. I've already wasted 30 seconds. Um I wonder why they they haven't taken action because the key here hinges on whether or not there's more video. And does the rest of the, the Glazer video look like the, the part we saw? And if it does, they're fucked. Yeah. But probably not this year because the league does not need a problem like this ahead of the Super Bowl. Have you ever heard of a team who got caught cheating in a year and then went on to win the Super Bowl or a championship. It's unprecedented as far as I'm concerned. I've said unprecedented three, four times in this segment. It's like I've run out of words, but it ain't going to happen, and the league's not going to let it happen. The league is going to slow play this through the playoffs. We won't hear what happened until the offseason and watch. The league is going to get into hot water because they're going to be like, oh, we just figured this out. Nice. I can delete it. Do you want me to delete it? I can delete it if you want. What? That's what Homeboy was saying on the tape. Oh, yeah, that was awful. <laughs> just let me delete it. No, I can just delete it. I'll just be gone in 30 seconds. Um, that's the end of the pod. Thanks for stopping by. Okay, so because Macon had to go, um, 
We're going to do corrections with uh, Dr. Fax. Dr. Fax was taking a nap. I wasn't sure how much of the pod he was listening to. Do you want to go through the corrections? Yeah, so we have Al Cowlin's Bronco. The company wanted to buy it to take to people, to take it to people on the graveyard tour. Cowlin's declined. The car was bought from the Cowlin's for 75000 and was in a garage for 70, 17 years. Oh, that, that Bronco is probably in beautiful shape. You like to do that type of stuff. Bronco, you put a Bronco in a garage? Yeah, for and about, just for that baby moment, it, just yeah. It, just let it sit. My 95 Bronco has 60,000 miles on it. Go clean it every week? Yeah, love it. Dust it off? Yeah. Only 20 miles have been added to the odometer since. That's beautiful. Car is currently on display at Alcatraz East Crime Museum in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Who knew that there was an Alcatraz Crime Museum in Tennessee? They're, they're obsessed with crime in Tennessee, fighting crime and putting people in prison. I would just imagine it's the perfect place for a prison uh, museum. I wonder why people just though. older older couples just rolling through. Like, oh, let's go look at that prison. Uh, from Alcatraz. Alcatraz, Alcatraz is in San Francisco. Not yeah. a big detail. Bobby Knight. There's a Bobby Knight uh, correction. We talked about where that Bobby Knight chair might be. And is it, it is in the basement of Assembly Hall at Indiana University. That's weird. Is it? Sh- it should be auctioned off. What did you guys talk about? Bobby Knight's. I'll, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, check out the pod. You yeah. were taking a nap. Yeah. Another correction, though. I just got a text from somebody who, who was at that game uh, and claims that Nobody heard Jarvis Landry saying to come get me. <laughs> um, and that nobody talked about it on the sidelines. Now, take that for with a grain of salt. It's just one person. Mm. But I think we might have entered into the uh, character assassination stage with OBJ and, and Juice Landry. Just saying that they look alike? No, they're just two guys that are continually asking to evidently leave Cleveland. Yeah, why not? I would want to leave Cleveland. Absolutely. So, like, why not just be vocal about it? I agree, but evidently nothing was said on Sunday. 